are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is January 19th, uh, and we have another episode here for you. A lot has happened. So we've seen the first round of the playoffs. Super wild card weekend was last week. Uh, We had some great football to watch. Teams losing that we didn't expect. Highly Um, emotional. It was a good time. It was a good time. Very, very emotional football. Just makes for that much better of a product from the NFL. This week, though, we got divisional round predictions. That will be coming up in the third segment later on in the show. But to start off, we're going to have a rant from Tim like we normally do. Um, That is going to be on some of the bigger franchises, big brands, uh, Dallas, New York, we're coming after you today, and then hey, they both got wins. It's going to be a very fair discussion. We'll yeah, say that. Uh, on both sides of the coin. Finishing up the first segment, though, we'll have hits and misses, like we normally do. In the second segment, we are going to be ranking uh, the top, well, I guess, the eight remaining playoff teams, given a power ranking, kind of adjusting to to where everybody belongs now. Uh, in the divisional round, things are definitely shifting around a little bit. And then in the second segment to finish. Uh, we will have the news, and then the episode will finish off with the biggest playoff surprise uh, and surprises that we've seen so far right. uh, through Super Wild Card Weekend. But overall, great show. Um, did, did, I'm assuming you watched every single game this weekend? Yeah. I mean, it, it's... First of all, during the regular season, I almost watched every single game via Red Zone, so not start yes. to finish every game. That's impossible. But watched almost every game the entire season. Um, obviously, like, when the Texans played... I don't know the Titans early in the year, and they both sucked, and they were just kind of up on the. They were in the. They were the, they were like a bottom left screen. They just didn't really. Yeah. Didn't interest you much, right? They, but they pop up from time to time. No, but Super Wild Card Weekend, it was fantastic. It was highly emotional. A lot of close games. Good teams win. Good teams lose. Right? It happens back and forth. Right? Good weekend overall, though. But I did think that two teams in particular that won. Right? We already talked about it. Um, you know, the the Cowboys and the Giants. They should certainly be happy about. That's probably the biggest win that they both had in in, in a while. Right, but they're in kind of a weird spot now, right? So let's start with with the positives, right? Like I said, they won. Um, and we'll start with New York. I think New York completely outcoached, they outprepared, not a term, but they outphysicaled in quotations the Vikings. I think there were multiple plays, series drives in which the Giants looked like they almost had the Vikings playbook. Right? They looked like they were hyper focused, ready, like they knew what play was coming. I mean, they were doing the Statue of Liberty. Saquon's running wild. Daniel Jones was comfortable for the first time since probably the last time he played the Vikings. Right, they had damn near 30 first downs. Right, and it was it was close, right, on the scoreboard. It was kind of back and forth. But I think from, from about snap five, at least I felt, this is kind of the, it's kind of the Giants game t- to lose, right? I would say almost the exact same for Dallas. Right, their game plan was excellent. They exploited weaknesses all over Tampa's secondary, which is the weak part of pretty much their entire team, but especially their defense. I think they look dialed in on a different level, coming off a pretty much humiliating loss week 18. I would say, except for Brett, Brett Maher. So, I, I mean, I had to throw a dig in there. That was embarrassing. But <laughs> but anyway, right, so, but but here's the thing. Both teams kind of stare down the barrel of a gun now. Right, this happens all the time, pretty much any industry, right? You, you see it all the time, right? Smaller brands, they get, they, you know, they pick up steam, they get popular, right? 
start making some good money, right? The, the both these teams getting a win, getting a little bit of a mo- uh, momentum going. Everyone's talking about them. They look really, really good. Right, but then they get like you know bought out. They get a number they can't resist, or they come up against a bigger and better force. Happens in any industry, pretty much. It's going to happen here in, in in football, right? I feel this with both Dallas and New York. Again, let's start with New York. So New York has to travel to Philadelphia, a team who desperately needed rest. I mean, they were banged up everywhere. They got it. And they appear to be really, really healthy for the first time in probably about four or five weeks, right? And my guess, knowing how passionate and how fiery Nick Sirianni is and that team is, I would imagine they come out with their hair on fire. That doesn't that doesn't strike me as a team who off a bye is going to start slow like we saw like Tennessee and Green Bay do after they uh, eventually got bounced in the divisional round last year. I don't think that's... That's Philly's brand. I think if they do get bounced, it's going to be against a better team like a San Fran. But anyway, yeah, they're going to come out with their hair on fire, probably score two touchdowns. I don't think New York is built to play from behind. Like I said, if Philly goes out and scores, you know, 10 or 14 quick points on them. Right? That's not really their brand. They like to run the football, control the tempo, play on their terms. So that's, that's not a good look for New York. And now Dallas, similarly, also going to go on the road. And they're going to face, in my eyes, probably the best roster in football, top to bottom. Oh, and by the way, they're going to have two and a half days less of rest. Their game ended, I don't know what, like midnight, Monday night? Yeah, it was late. Probably got back around 3 or 4, maybe even later. And ended around 11, 15 probably. But they didn't get back till I would say, 3 or 4 to Dallas. Easily. In bed at 5 or 6, if they're lucky. Takes a while to wind down from an NFL game. San Francisco was done Saturday afternoon. They were the first game. Saturday afternoon. Right? That's not a good matchup. Much the same for New York. I think I like the team. I think they're really fun. Really nice win. But again, probably not built to win from behind with less rest against San Francisco, who's going to be at home. They're going to be feeling it. They're going to be better rested. Probably better coached, I would imagine. I mean, we know they have a better coach. Is the game plan probably going to be better? Probably. About a roster, right? I think I think perspective is wildly important whenever you're looking at a sport, right? For example, if you thought the Bears were going to make the playoffs, that's on you, right? That's on you. That's your perspective. That's what was skewed. That that's what was incorrect. Your your expectations, right? If you thought that the Steelers being nine and eight with a rookie quarterback and a defense that underperformed until like the last third of the season, an offensive coordinator who Looks like he forgot how to be an offensive coordinator until like the last couple weeks, and even then it still wasn't pretty. If you thought that that was a Super Bowl roster, that's on you, right? Perspective is everything. And Dallas and New York both had probably the biggest wins that they've had in 10 years, maybe. That feels about right. Dallas goes and beats the GOAT. They've never beat Tom Brady ever. I mean, New York thought Daniel Jones was like chum in the water, right? People were, do we replace him? What do we do with Daniel Jones? Kind of reached at six. Not even wins a playoff game. Right, those are big wins. But Dallas beat the 23rd-ranked pass defense. And Daniel Jones only has three games above 100 pass rating. Two of them are against the awful Vikings. And one's against an awful defense in Detroit. Right, so that's not going to be repeated for either team. Against much better rosters, much better teams, much better defenses. It's just, it's just probably not going to happen. Really good games. Really nice wins. Hit number one. 
You know, I feel like I say this every time. I don't love taking victory laps. I do really enjoy it, though. I yeah. will say, I do really enjoy it. I hate being the, the, the I called it guy, but I'm going to say it. I called it. Uh, the Giants were a bad matchup for the, I think, relatively soft Minnesota team. I think when they're able to get a lead and then kind of front run a little bit, I think it's kind of a soft team. I think their defense is really bad. They're weak in the trenches. Secondary's poor. Um, and I think they got outcoached. Although I do like Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. This isn't like an anti-Kevin O'Connell hit number one here, but... We got outcoached, outplayed, and I think uh, the Giants were a bad matchup. Vikings are kind of soft. I'm just going to say it, and I, and, I, and I nailed it on on every front there. And it was uh, it was a miss for me. I took the Vikings. I thought that they would at least be somewhat competent and and good enough to beat an un, an inexperienced, unproven New York Giants team, especially when it comes to the playoffs postseason. Experience matters. Uh, talent, just overall talent of the team. I'm gonna go Minnesota. They have yep. they had more talent, uh, but like you said, it's a matchup thing. Uh, like, like we can kind of compare it to uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals, right? Do I think the Bengals are an overall better roster than the Chiefs? No, but it's a match bad up. matchup yeah. for for Kansas City. Right. Uh, so that's another one of those things. I guess something to look out for next year when we're predicting stuff like that. I need to kind of get on it. Right. But uh, no, yeah. It, overall, I thought I thought the Vikings had a little bit more, but congrats to the Giants, man. Yeah. All right, Mr. Bowen here, kind of flipped the coin here on our other split. I thought Brady was going to put on the cape one more time um, and, and kind of lead an under-talented team with a defensive coach to a, to a playoff win at home. I mean, he's been doing it his entire career. He's done it more than any quarterback in history, throwing to, like, Julian Edelman and Wes Welker and Danny Amendola, who now, looking back, they're fine, but looking at him normally, like, that dude's 5'9", and, like, a buck 40 soaking wet, and yeah. he made him a pro bowler. So, like, that's the type of thing he's been working with defensive coach almost in t- his entire career playoff games at home he's just, he's won about a billion of those and i thought he was going to put on a cape and do it again i was wrong you were right would you see i mean was it just point blank that well, first, they haven't been playing well or, or? Uh, yes the whole kind of self-destruction that we've seen in tampa yep. but i didn't feel good about taking the cowboys not even for a second because i had to bet against postseason brady i right. don't think he's the factor in why they lost uh he's he, when you're 46 years old, you need some things to go your way, right? It's not yeah. like it, he can't—he can't carry a franchise at this point. No, not that we don't talk a lot of basketball, but it kind of reminds me of like LeBron. People are like, "Oh my God, like the Lakers suck," but I'm like, "Yeah, LeBron's had the best season ever for like a 30-something-year-old, right?" Yeah, like he's a freak of nature. He's still every bit of six eight, whatever, two thirty. At the end of the day, you got to call it what it is. Brady right. is aging, but he yeah. can't put a very, very less talented team on his back, especially when you're going up against the defense of the Cowboys, 100%. right? You got Micah Parsons breathing down your neck the entire game. It's a whole slew of things, but no. Yeah, I, I saw the Cowboys at least winning a game. Congratulations. First time in the last 25 years. Clap it up. I think for, they have like one other one, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, like, it's like it's like their fourth playoff win yeah. in 25 years, Clap it up for, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys there. They finally found one. So proud. All right, hit number two here. Um, I kind of like scoffed at people that were starting to put Tua in the MVP conversation earlier in the year. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, I was like, come on, folks. This isn't, this isn't even like a debate. Um, I mean, and, and here's here's where the hit comes in. Skyler Thompson with that roster, because I've been saying that's a really good roster. That's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's been carrying Tua and leading to all the success he's having. Now, look, Tua is better than Skyler Thompson. That's not what this is about. Way more talent. But my yeah. point is, Skyler Thompson with that roster and that coach almost went into Buffalo and, and, and almost won. It was very competitive. Very competitive. They lost by three. They were winning in the fourth quarter. Right? Yeah. So, like, that's third, maybe late third. Either way, late late into the game, they had a lead in Buffalo in a playoff game with Skyler Thompson. And when they didn't have a lead, it was, it, it was within three for most of the... Most so it was a one-possession game. Yeah. 
So, so like, let that sink in. Like I said, I think Tua is better. Obviously, I think he's a he's a competent quarterback. I think he has a place in this league somewhere between like a Baker Mayfield, anywhere between like 16 and, and the 22nd best quarterback in the league. He'll bridge you for sure. But my Teddy God, Teddy Bridgewater, he is not MVP. He's not an MVP. <laughs> he's level, not MVP. That. He's not even top 10. No, no, I don't think that's particularly close either. No. All right, Mr. Matu here. Okay, actually, pause real quick. He can have stretches where he looks like a top-ten quarterback. Yeah. He had like a three-game stretch where if you were in week five ranking the top-ten quarterbacks, he would have been a top-ten quarterback. Yeah, but when you look at the whole season as a body of work, but those, now you look that, back, that's yeah. very diluted. Okay. Uh, anyway, Mr. Matu I said I loved Doug Peterson hire. I said he'd be really great for Trevor Lawrence. He'd eventually propel him into the playoffs. I, However, I did not expect to win a playoff game this year. I mean, good Lord, they're in a rebuild. Yeah. They are... I was going to say something else. But we had them at like look, 3 and 14, man. Look, their O-line's in a rebuild. The weapons are B at best, I would say. The secondary's bad. Doesn't matter. T-Law and Dougie Fresh. Dougie P, get a dub. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they've been successful this season. I'm surprised to the degree of their success. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that this would be more of a next year step. They're yeah. doing it this year in a, in a pretty competitive AFC. They're in the divisional round. Which is good. And, I mean, looking into the future for... Jacksonville. That's a very bright. That's a bright spot. At least you oh, know yeah, you got 100%. the guy at quarterback. At least you know Trevor Lawrence is the guy you drafted. I think we can safely say that now. We've Easily. seen it this Easily. year. He's the guy that you intended him to be, or at least shows the progression and and the hope to get you to the promised land as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, all right, hit number three here. I look. I I like the Lamars and the and the Kylers of the world, but. I've said it for years. I've said it. I'll say it again, right? Hypermobile quarterbacks, although they can win games, I don't think they're necessarily built to withstand an entire season and win playoff games, right? I think at some point you have to deliver from the pocket. Mahomes, what about Mahomes? What about Allen? Yes, but they're still lethal from the pocket. Same with Burrow, right? Tyler Huntley struggled, right? Lamar historically has struggled. Jalen looked bad last year in a playoff game. Wouldn't be surprised if he struggles again, right? I even like Herbert. I feel at some points he even bails too early, right? Like yeah. at some point you have to win from the pocket, and I think you saw that with uh, with Tyler Huntley this weekend. You, you keep seeing it over and over, right? Kyler's hurt, you know. Lamar's hurt, so now you're on a backup. He's hypermobile. He didn't look super comfortable from the pocket. You have to be able to win from the pocket at some point. Trevor Lawrence, four picks, doesn't matter. I'm just gonna get back there and sling it some more. Yeah, you can you can make up a little bit and kind of supplement with the legs but at the end of the day you have to know what you are you're a quarterback you have to be able to sit back you have to be able to pick apart defenses and be very cerebral as you do it too i I couldn't agree more uh yeah pocket passing is an absolute that's an absolute need as a quarterback you need to be able to throw from the pocket so like right now i would say and although kyler throws a really really beautiful ball i would say his best trait is running i would say lamar's best trait is running and i would say jalen hurt's best trait is running yeah. Two of them are hurt, and although Jalen's been good, hasn't won a playoff game yet. So you're not like, For oh, sure. you're not going to like crown him, right? What's the last What's the last quarterback where running was the primary trait to actually do anything crazy? Colin Kaepernick. That's that it. didn't work out. That's it, and they lost Super Bowl. Didn't even win a Super Bowl. Got to it, which is which is certainly impressive. Didn't even win. Yeah. It's just, it, I'm just saying. That's Jared saying. Goff level. Just saying. It's Matt Ryan level. If you want to be Matt Ryan, if you want to be Matt Ryan, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Look at Matt Ryan now. Kaepernick's had to bleak, right? So, anyway, miss number three here. I've given Daniel Jones and, and Dak Prescott a lot, pretty, pretty good amount of flack over the years. I've been pretty pretty tough on them. I think Dak's pretty average. I think Daniel overall has been fairly below average thus point uh, to this, this point in their respective careers. But yeah. I have to give credit where credit's due. 
I think they both played outstanding. I think both of them were the best players on the field in their respective games. Dak five touchdowns, Daniel Jones, I think three or four total, um, had like 300-some total yards, right? That's, yeah. I mean, they were easily the best players on the field in their respective games. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I think overall, Dak is still relatively average. I think it was a bad defense. He, he beat up. Same thing with Daniel Jones. But at the end of the day, both of them in a big spot, big playoff game, went out and won a playoff game. That's big. And that's what they needed to do. On the road, both of them. So, like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, for as much as we bang on them, yeah. Some, sometimes they can turn around and show out a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. I, I feel like I've been fairly honest this uh, start of this, you know, episode here, right? Rant wasn't even that wasn't even that rude. Wasn't, wasn't even that mean. It wasn't brutal. Was not brutal. I was honest. I said that's the biggest win that they've had in years. Yeah. I mean, they're still gonna they're still gonna call me, you know, a hater. They're they're gonna get mad because I said like the road ends here probably. Yeah, they'll they'll pick that one line that you said. Listen to it. Stew about it. Even though the, you said pretty constructive and positive things for most yeah. of the time, and, and then it, they'll find and, a way to turn it around. And to it. be fair, it's not like it's especially in Dallas's case. Like a lot of the stuff that's going against them is. Like out of their control, like yeah. them having significantly less rest. That's not that's not their problem. No, it, it just happens to be. I mean, it is their problem now, but it's not their their. They didn't make that problem. That's not their making. So right. Uh, well, we're gonna take a little bit of a rest, but when we come back, top eight playoff teams, power rankings, and then we'll finish it up with some news. Don't go anywhere. All right, issue second segment. What Thursday the nineteenth now. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it does. That's a lie. January is not fun. Um, but nonetheless, the time has fluith by. It's not a word, but we're going to go with it. Yeah. Flown. Flown, flown would have been a great one, but... Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go with fluith, though. All right. Time has... Time has fluith by. I feel like a Puritan when I say that. It is fluith by. I'm from Plymouth. Plymouth Bay Colony. <laughs> this show is... We have... Uh, We've plummeted. This is this is a new low for us. We're Our, talking about the Puritans. Yes, that's on me. That's on me. You know, I'll take that one. One hundred percent. Nonetheless, we're going to get into the top eight NFL teams Please. ranking ranking who's left in the divisionals, um, and then we'll get to we'll get to a little bit of news. We have three stories we really want to kind of go a little bit more in depth. They're pretty big in the sports yeah. world. Um, so we'll kind of kind of go a little more in depth in that, and then of course in the third segment we'll have our normal predictions and we'll get into. Uh, um, kind of a little bit of discussion about uh, the Chargers and their future. But like I said, we're going to start by ranking, like we do, pretty much every week for the last like eight weeks, I feel like. Maybe not eight, but five weeks. Yeah, the last five weeks of the season we really get into it every um, week. Ranking the top teams. So uh, let's go ahead and rank the remaining eight teams in the NFL playoffs. If you're new here, we start at number eight. So we'll start at number eight here with – the team that I went with last week that I unfortunately have to put at eight here, the New York football giants. Um, I think I, I I really enjoyed watching that football game. I think they played a really, really nice football game. I like watching Dable coach. You can kind of see where his influences are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a promising team. I like that they have an identity, right? You kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get a really nice front seven. You're going to get about three or four really nice, clever play calls every game, a physical offensive line, a good run game, relatively safe throws from Dandrew Jones. Um, and that, that, that's what I'm going to get every single game with them. Um, but, again, that has limitations, right? When you go up against, whether that be a better uh, a better defense, whether that be a better quarterback, they have limitations in terms of can they win a shootout? Can they win you know, a tight one against a really, really good defense? They, have, they haven't shown that yet, so that's why they're at 8, and that's why they're 
technically the worst team remaining right now. And I feel like they're one um, of the teams that has one way to win, right? So when they absolutely. see the, the teams that can throw multiple things at you, that it doesn't matter if they're running backs out. It doesn't matter if they're they're down the top receiver because they have other ways they can, they can hit you. And there's multiple ways to win, I feel like, just out-scheme the Giants in most, in right. most games. But I think what this season has shown for New York is that they have a lot of hope moving forward, yeah. especially with Brian Dable at the, home, uh, at the helm. 100%. Because you get a couple drafts under his belt. Yep. He starts getting the players he wants, starts building his culture. And uh, I, I think they have a really big upside, but it, it a, you look at the talent on this list and you can't put them higher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, number seven, I'll, let's go Jacksonville because, again, like you're saying, I do think they also have one way to win, and I think it's Trevor Lawrence has to be really, really good. Um, Doug Peterson has to call a really nice offensive game, and Trevor Lawrence has to execute to the top of his ability. Yeah. Um, and we saw that. We saw that and the lack of that on display against the Chargers. We saw the first half, how none of it came together, and the second half, how all of it came together. It's a little too streaky for me. Um, but they are ahead of the Giants because they do have more talent. I like their quarterback better. I think the weapons on the outside are better. Um, they don't have quite the front seven that, that uh, the Giants do, but uh, in, in a weapons and quarterback league, they have a better quarterback and better weapons. That's why they're slightly higher than the Giants. And the halftime adjustment is a big thing, too. Yeah. When you're able to adjust on the fly, when your OC is able to have the ability to, to move things around, realize things aren't working, call different schemes, change things up a little bit. Yeah. Because when you look at that in comparison with the Steelers, it's almost inverse, right? They usually have a pretty good first half when it's all scripted. They know what they're going to do. They come out in the second half, and they just can't make adjustments. Yeah, I agree. At least the coaching staff in Jacksonville and, I guess, the, you know, the players, but a, this speaks a lot to the coaching, that they have it together, that they yeah. have some sort of a semblance of a plan that they know that they're going to be able to go in and make adjustments throughout the games, and at least it's going to help them have a chance to win. What helps when your quarterback is 6'5", 200 pounds, the rocket arm, and can move? And the I mean, football Jesus. So. Yeah, that's going to help. Um, all right, number six here. I, we're going to get you know some, some hate for this, but the Cowboys at six. Um, one, every other roster ahead of them is, is more talented, point blank. Um, and you'll see why as we continue. And, I mean, you can guess the five teams, obviously. Um, but they all have more talented rosters. But look, and, and they all have better quarterback play right now. The one team doesn't have a better quarterback. Like, the Niners don't have a better quarterback. But they're getting better quarterback play. Go look over the last six to, to eight weeks. Yeah. They've gotten better quarterback play when it comes to rating, uh, you know, p- completion percentage, touchdowns per game. Points per game. Less turnovers, right? But... And, and I like Dak. Dak's a really, really nice quarterback. But at the end of the day, are they going to face that bad of a defense the rest of the way out? No, they're not. No, they're not. Unless they somehow get to the Super Bowl and meet, like, the Chiefs. This yeah. US, that's it. Right? So Dak is not going to be able to go ahead and throw for five touchdowns, or I guess record five total touchdowns against against the defense that he's going to face this weekend. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, but at the end of the day, I do like their talent, right? I think CeeDee Lamb's a nice receiver. I think he's more of a two than a one, but he's fine as a one. Um, I think they have a nice tight end. The offensive line is starting to come together. They have two good backs, good pass rusher. Streaky, but I would say top 10 to 12 corner in the league right now. Yeah. I think their linebackers, when it comes to not you know, pass rushing, lack a little bit of coverage uh, skills. But overall, nice defense, nice weapons. It's overall a really good roster with a really good quarterback. Yeah. Not great, not special anywhere, but a really good roster. I agree. Um, you know, they finally... Been able to do something in the playoffs now. Uh, I, I see it ending yeah. rather quickly, but hey, they did enough, and they have enough talent to be above the Jags, to be above the Giants, and then 
the rest of that list is you know brutal what? if you're Dallas. You know what kind of rubbed me the wrong way? Because we have time here to, to digress a bit. The fact that they're putting on chains and dancing in the locker room after they beat a sub-500 team yeah. in a wild card round. Yeah. Like, you won 12 games. Isn't that the bare minimum expectation? In Dallas, at least. You were competing for the number one seed in week, like, 17. And and we're putting on chains? Like, I, I don't know if you have that type of lead, you know? Like That's I can weird. See, I can Isn't see the weird? Carolina Panthers they kind of rubs me the wrong way. That, right? Because they kind of they went they kinda, undefeated the whole season. They kind of rubs me the wrong way. Oh, 100%. All right, number five, the Bills. Look, I'm sorry, but when, with no dependent run game, a mediocre offensive line, and no dependable number two. Look, people want to say Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis has not been dependable. With no number two outside of Stephon Diggs and giving up 31 points to Skylar Thompson, I can't trust the Bills. I can't. I'm sorry. And I love Josh Allen, and I think they, at their peak, at their high end, I think they might be better than any other team in the league. But I am not getting that consistently enough to say, yep, I'm going to ride with them the rest of the Especially way. Especially from the defense. Yeah, 31 points, come on. I know I know their offense put them in some tough spots with Josh Allen's picks, but like, it, it's just not excusable against a third-string quarterback. It's yeah. just not. I mean, like, c- come on. I, I could see maybe – I know. I can't even see that with Tua. And I, and, with their and, starter. And I like Josh Allen, but – the turnovers have to, at some point, become like you got to you got to Daniel Jones it right. You got to you got to relax a little bit with it. Sometimes you got to make the safe throw. Yeah. All right, number four, the Eagles, and I think the Eagles are a really talented for and and I can see them with a with a resounding victory, maybe moving up a slot. But I just with their health in flux still a little bit, I can't put them higher in good faith, um, knowing that they could go out there and still be beat up and and not look all that dominant. Um, but if they are healthy, they could be. They could very well put forth the best performance this uh, this divisional weekend. And let's not forget, the, t- the Eagles as a whole have kind of looked like a different team the second half of the season compared 100%. to how they started out. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like, you know, when you are a top seed like that and you get the bye and teams don't see you for a minute, I feel like fans and their hopes can kind of surpass what the team actually is. Yeah. Right. So I, like... Like, I don't think that's a... I, I see a lot of... Power rankings coming out this week that have the Eagles at two, Eagles at three, and and I'm not sure I can get behind that, especially when you look at the the teams on the list above them. I don't like know their they, health right now. If they come out fully healthy and dominate, then we could talk. But right now they haven't been healthy. They haven't healthy for even three a weeks. Fully healthy Eagles team, I don't think beats the number three team here, which is the Bengals. Um, and I would say most of that probably boils down to quarterback. Um, I think the Bengals have the most poised, the most accurate, and the most precise quarterback in the game right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow gets the ball, right? And it's one of those where it's kind of frustrating because he looks like every other guy, right? He doesn't do anything that's wildly spectacular. He's got a good arm, not great. He moves well, but not... Not better than Josh Allen. Not great. Patrick Mahomes. Right, he's not not a Mahomes. He's not an Allen. He's not a Lamar, not a Kyler. Moves good, not great. Good arm, not great. But all he does is check into the right plays. He does all the little boring things, right? Checks into the right plays. Checks out of the wrong plays. Gets the ball out on time, in rhythm, accurately, to the right people. Yards after the catch, right? He does all the little things really well, and that's why the Bengals are three. It's very Brady-esque, although I'm not comparing him to him. It's very Brady-esque, though, at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, dominating the cerebral side of things. Absolutely. Being able to think through the Doing game. Doing every little detail correctly. Yeah. And when you can master the basics like that, a lot of the times you're, <laughs> you'll end up being pretty good. You'll end up winning football games. It's not the flashiest, but it will win you football games. Couldn't agree more. Let's go to the Chiefs at number two. Look, it's the best offense. Yeah, I think they easily. probably have the best coach in football right now. It's close uh, with the number one team, but I think he's been more proven. He's won the big game. He's won a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, that offense in an offensive league, 
Come on. They're very inventive. Very, very inventive. Uh, inventive. Um, to be able to rebuild an offensive line and then a receiving core in two straight offseasons and for it to not really matter is, is spectacular. Lose your number one guy. Eh, it doesn't, doesn't matter. We'll it's wildly up. impressive. Um, number one, let's go with the Niners. Um, look, they've scored 37 straight points in four straight games. Yeah. Like, let that sink in for, for a second. It has sunken in. <laughs> like... It, with the with the Mr. Impossible with, with or, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Irrelevant, yeah, yeah, the last last guy taken in the draft. Then, and, now this uh, is a Cinderella story, right? If they win, like it, a little bit, but also like it's the best route. They have, they have an All Pro level player at every level. Yeah, but I mean that is but crazy. Party, right? That right? is crazy. No rookie quarterbacks Most ever led their team position in football. In, and I, don't, I would argue in sports. In sports, sure. Yeah. Then. This dude, is, this is Mr. Irrelevant. This is the last draft pick. Yeah. This is not supposed to happen in the NFL. Yeah. And it, well, it does happen when you have an all-pro you know, tackle, all-pro all tight end, all-pro, I would argue, two all-pro wide receivers. Insane. An all-pro back, linebacker, pass rusher, DB, safety. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the stories this year in the NFL are crazy good. Well, speaking of stories, why don't we hop into the news with story number one. Oh. This isn't going to surprise anybody, by the way. Uh, Kirk Cousins made the most Kirk Cousins play ever to, to effectively end the Viking season. Um, on fourth and eight, what, fourth? Yeah, fourth and eight. It was on their, what, 40-ish yard line, I think, roughly, um, in their you know in their own territory, looking for a first down, about a minute and a half left, minute yeah. 20 left, no timeouts. That That's the drive. That's the only drive you're going to get. Uh, fourth and eight, effectively the game, he throws a three-yard pass. Uh, to a man-covered, mostly blanketed T.J. Hawkinson, right? So it wasn't like a shifty slot guy that might make somebody miss. I like T.J. Hawkinson, but that's not his bag. Um, what do you make of Kirk that throw the entire game? Because the game in, in itself, if you look at the stats, wasn't his fault. If you watch the game, I felt like they called it around Kirk as you know, as opposed to for Kirk, to thrive with Kirk, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, what, do you, what do you make of him and, and their season and kind of their future as a whole? Look, he's not getting any younger right he, he's yeah, quietly true. he's quietly one of the older quarterbacks in the league yeah i would say this is around the time where you need to at least start seriously considering your next option whether you're going to go for the new guy out of college the rookie yeah. the fresh mate or if you're going to go and you're going to take an experienced veteran that's been there done that and that can come in and absolutely change the franchise now so, so where, where do you think Minnesota lies on that? Like, so, do you think they're in a spot where they need a veteran? They need to come and they need to win now, because I mean they have Justin Jefferson, they have Adam Thielen. Like, you have pieces there. You don't exactly want to waste that on a rookie that takes two to three years to. So, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But my 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 only pushback on that is, we we I I, I everyone has their their issues with Kirk. I get it, right? I tend to like Kirk more than most. I think he's a top twelve. 12 to 15 quarterback, right? Sure, I like Kirk. I think he's a top 12 guy, right? Where on the market are you going to find a top 10 guy? You know, that's my point. Like, maybe Brady, but does Brady... Is Derek Carr that much better than Kirk? I don't... It's a little younger. I, like... I don't think he's that much better than Kirk. I mean, so... Like, you could talk Brady, Jimmy G, but, like, at that point, is it worth it? Like, I feel like you're just getting a different version of Kirk Cousins. So you're saying go for the rookie. But no, but then again, a rookie doesn't fit with the timeline of the team. Like you said, Justin Jefferson's on a rookie deal. Ideally, you'd like to win with him like now before you have to pay him, although they'll probably pay him this offseason. But you'd like to pay him 
now before it really... That way you can get a couple years of relief, right? So it doesn't really kick in for another two years. So you'd like to be able to win now. Unless... Hear me out. You draft that rookie, but here, this let him is sit the for one, a year. This is the one stipulation you'd have to have, though. If you were going to take a rookie, in my mind, you would have to draft the best available quarterback. You would have like to the have most pick NFL one or two. Oh, okay, you'd have okay. to have pick one or two. Somebody. Well, they're not going to get that. No, they're not, and that's the problem because this is that's the only way I could see it working out with a rookie because you get the top guy that's ready to come in and start day one, and if he's great then awesome. Then you can build for two, three years while everybody's on the rookie deal and get some more pieces. Right. But the, you got to have, there's a lot of ifs. You right. have to hit on a lot of different spots there. And that's, and that's my thing with, with Minnesota. It's like, what, what are your other options right now? Like what, like what, what, what are your other options? Keep being average. You could keep being but, average. And, 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 and call me crazy. I'd rather stick with Kirk Cousins and win 11 games, 10, 10 to 11 games a year. For the next three to four, or maybe next two, next two, and and then figure it out. Look, because right now you're not in a position to go get a difference maker at quarterback. Yeah, in the in the draft or free agency, unless which it, it's not even possible. I'm not even gonna bring it up unless you somehow could get Aaron Rodgers, but it's not even possible. They would never trade him in division. No. So what do you do? Because I don't think Derek Carr. I don't even think it's worth the headache of the paperwork. In terms of Derek Carr to Kirk Cousins, but, I like Derek Carr slightly more. Is it even worth the paperwork? I don't know because here, here, I'm just saying you have Justin Jefferson, man. I agree, and is Justin put Jefferson, Joe Burrow on that team? What happens? That is a Super Bowl team. Well, Super Bowl offense, horrible defense. Yeah, Super Bowl offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that is immediately one of the best offenses in the league. I'd say top three if you put I agree. a actual competent quarterback with that. I agree. I agree. So, real quick, float it out there. Say, because if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, there's no way you have you have to go into next year with him as your starter. If Brock Purdy continues to look good, because he's around such a stacked roster that he's probably going to continue to look good, and he wins the Super Bowl, there's no way you can start Trey Lance next year. And if no. so, you have to get some capital for him. Yeah. Is that worth a shot? Because he's already been in the league a year. or I'm sorry, two years. Maybe to sit and come he's in He's already been backup. in the league. I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't start if him in Minnesota, Minnesota. Why? He's already been in the league two years. I'm sorry, kid. If you can't figure it out to two years, that's, that is what it is. Two years is time to go. And you it's keep, time to go after two you, years. Do you keep Kirk Cousins? Or do you deal him? No, no, no. You, 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 deal, you deal him. Yeah. I don't know what you do with him. Or you'd probably release him. I, you'd do something with him. You call it, I don't know. It'd you be it's crazy. It's something really to think about. All right, story number two. Some more conjecture here. Obviously, Brady didn't look very good. Um, no. Was was that his very last game, or do you think it's just his last game in Tampa? Last game in Tampa. You think he plays again? You could hear it in the, in the way he addressed the media. Couldn't agree more. He's going to play again. He has nothing. Look. Miami, Vegas. I think there's a top two. Miami and Vegas. Uh, we I locked it in I last I don't time. think the Niners fit for me. Well, Like you said. Or we're not even sure if that job is going to be open because I, I don't think so. If Brock Purdy can take them that deep. Why would they go either, for it in, on a forty-six-year-old quarterback that's right. past his prime yep. that you have maybe one to two years with? So on that Brock roster, Purdy, if Brock Purdy wins Super Bowl or at least gets there, looks good, and loses a tough one, he's probably your starter going into next year. And if he's not, I hope so. There's no. And if he's not, it's got to be Trey Lance because he gave up too much draft capital. Yeah. So it's not Purdy. It's got to be Lance. 
There's no way it could be Brady. You're not I just going, can't see it. You're not going that old right now. I can't see it at all. No. Like, and and, and I get it. He's the goat, and and people respect him. But after after Brock comes in there and does that, how do you tell a locker room, hey, we're actually going to go get forty? I know you're a third year guy, and you're making it like Brandon Ayuk, third four year, three four year guy, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I know that you're kind of young. You know, you're going to be here for a while. How about we just completely jeopardize the entire future? Of this organization, go sign forty-something-year-old Tom Brady, and get rid of all the young quarterback talent no, we have. That would not be. It, that just doesn't float. I don't think that floats. No, because I, I think the quarterbacks you have now and the young guys are more of a valuable asset when you look into the future than yeah. uh, a Tom Brady yeah. would be. I also think it just fits in that locker room. They just rally around. Maybe Rock. they rally around Tom. Trey, to, Tom to Jimmy San Francisco. G. I think would have worked when he first left New England. I agree. I don't think it works now. Couldn't agree more. I don't think it works. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so Jim Harbaugh, after some pretty major NFL speculation, is going to return to Michigan. Um, I think that's 100% the correct move for, for Harbaugh. I think he's finally getting his recruiting that he wants. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing pretty well in the transfer portal on I, all that stuff. Um, and I, I don't think, unless like the Chargers job would be would come available, I don't think there's a job good enough for Harbaugh out there. No. It's like 44-19-1 in the, in the NFL. He's been to a Super Bowl. And he has completely turned around every single program he's ever been with. And he's finally got the recruiting edge on, uh, maybe not the recruiting edge on Ohio State, but he's finally turning the corner on Ohio State. He's got the playoff two straight years. Mm-hmm. He's going he's gonna to win 10 games a year for the next, as long as he's there, pretty much. They're starting to Do you want to go take the Denver job or the no. Houston job? No. No. Or Carolina? Like, no. no he, doesn't, he doesn't want any part no. of that. No. He wants no part of that. No. I... Stay at Michigan. Wait Wait for a... He can wait for a better job. Continue to be a legend at Michigan, even if you are stay in college football the entire time. Stay there. You, you are a legend at Michigan. Why would you go do... Something is difficult because that we know like, that transition and it's, is insane. And it's going to sound crazy. Like you start to look at some of the jobs that can be avail- can, could be available. Now I'm not saying Cleveland historically has been a good job, but if you pay that much money for a quarterback, Stefanski comes in and they win six games next year, paying that money to a quarterback. You have a top top running back, good offensive line, good oh. defensive pieces. It's probably gone. It's probably gone. You, he would have to be. Even though I know he's coached the year, but that was two years ago now. If you're paying that type of money to Sean Watson, you're guaranteed it. So you're you're stuck for on the hook for three hundred million. So you're <laughs> gonna move off a coach. Loud. You're gonna move off a coach before you're on the hook for three hundred million. Yeah. So if they, they go and win six games, but that type of pay to Deshaun Watson, Stavansky's probably gone. And as as Harbaugh could come in, really good running back, good offensive line. So he's already got his thing figured out: physicality, running the football. I don't know. And man. you get Deshaun. Look, like I'm I'm not even saying that. Like that's oh like that's his dream scenario. I'm just saying, look in the league. This is the NFL. Seven coaches are going to lose their job next year. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, that's the average. They average about six or seven. There's going to be openings, ones that you don't even think are openings yet. I'm just throwing it like a hypothetical out yeah. there. Yeah. Like he's going to have the opportunity for a better job. He's going to have the opportunity. And I don't think this year is the right job. the right year for that. If he was to pick to go to choose to go to the NFL, this would not be the year. I agree with that. But I personally think he should stay in college football. We've for, seen for, forever, like a Saban, possibly. I'm saying for at possibly. least the next two to three years. I, I think for the next two to three years, stay in college football. Okay, you got something going with Michigan. You build something. See that dynasty through. I agree. Um, on the other side of the of the uh, break here, <clears throat> we'll have our predictions for the divisional divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and then we'll talk a little bit of Brandon Staley and the uh, the LA Chargers and kind of their future um, going forward. 
Let's go. We are back. Third segment on Thursday, January 19th. Uh, another great segment of predictions. This one's going to be a little shortened. Uh, they keep yeah. getting shorter and shorter from here on out until we get to the one Super Bowl at the end of the season. Our last prediction will be that. Um, I don't Split even know if we. Week. I don't even know if we have our own kind of like segment for predictions for the Super Bowl. Maybe we do because we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, predict we'll, more we'll, things. We will, with yeah, it. We'll, we will dive in. We'll go a little prop bit bets. We'll go all kinds of stuff. The kinda, Super Bowl shows fun. Kind of go unit by unit, and uh, we should do. We should do almost like a box check game. Kind of, kind of, but like oh, we did the box we, check game. We've no, we no. I'm saying I don't know if we did that for the Super Bowl, but like we haven't done it in a while. We should do it in terms of. Um, kind of comparing the two, which one checks the box, yeah. you know, which one has a better unit. Yeah, that'll be Maybe. good. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, so we're just kind of brainstorming here, you know. Great content. Uh, on the air here. Always coming from the <clears throat> issue. So make sure you go to theissuesports.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, just type your email in right there on the homepage. Hint sign up, and then go ahead and confirm that uh, in your email. And uh, we have the merchandise, too. Don't forget about that. Uh, so go to theissuesports.com. Right there in the shop, you'll see everything from our show shirts. You can find this hoodie there. The script issue in a shirt or hoodie. Black or gray. Black or gray. What, that one is black this or is white? black or white. Okay. In um, shirt and sweatshirt as well? Shirt and sweatshirt. Okay. Um, okay. And then we have our issue sports yeah, I mean, logo. you got to give the people and, the option. Yeah, and then you got all the graphic ones. And we released some new ones, right? we got the Danny Dimes one out. Uh, we have the one... Uh, the Cowboys getting a playoff win, and then the the ball kind of kind of missing the uprights there. Four missed extra points in a playoff game. I think that's an NFL record there. Had and they to, won. Had to poke some fun at it, but you can go find all that good merchandise in our shop. That, like I said, theissuesports.com. Go check it out. But first, let's go. We have divisional round uh, playoffs to predict. Let's get right into it. All right, so let's start off. We're going chronological order so we'll start off saturday the 4 30 game look we got the jaguars going to the kansas city chiefs we're in arrowhead um generally speaking that's is, that, is no brainer the right thing to say there it should be and look i i like the jacks i really do but <clears throat> it took a monumental historical collapse for them to win by a point against what i view as a far inferior team yeah Coached by a far inferior coach to Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the Chiefs. Come on, right? And I, I think an important matchup to kind of watch here: the Jags have a, a fairly weak linebacking core, especially when it comes to being a cover linebacker. Um, we know that Mahomes, his top target lately, outside of Kelsey, has been Jarek McKinnon in the back. Yeah, because he's a nightmare uh, when it comes to matchups. Right, he can move like a slot guy, but he's got some. He's got some. Power, so you're not going to match him up against a, against no. a DB, um, and plus coming out of the backfield, it's really tough to match him up against a DB. It, yeah, exactly. um, he's too big for like a like a nickel corner, um, and he and he's too shifty for like a linebacker DN to kind of cover. So yeah. that's a matchup to watch because I don't think Jacksonville matches up very well in that unit. Um, and so I think that not only is that going to allow out of the backfield stuff for McKinnon, I think he's going to run the ball pretty effectively as well. And when Kansas City can run and you still have Mahomes, it's it's ridiculous. That's one of the many units that Jacksonville cannot measure up to uh, Kansas City in. Yeah. I think this one's going to be pretty uh, – it'll get out of hand. Um, look, I like the Jags, and I think they've been able to do a lot of things, but this is where the road ends for Jacksonville. They're ahead of schedule. Um, this is ahead yeah, of schedule. For this them. is good. Yeah. You lose this week, chalk the entire season up as a win. Uh, you know, it's the Chiefs. You, you got to know who you, who you are a little bit. Right. 
understand the situation you're in. You got Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be great, but he's not on a Mahomes level yet. He's not. Uh, he's not at he that point. He doesn't have the, so, the experience of a Mahomes. Come on. What if they go out there pretty competitive? It's a close game in the third quarter. Chiefs pull away late, win by 13. Hmm. Like, it, I know there's not moral victories, but like for me, that's that's a moral victory. See, they're, they're, they're down three going into halftime. They even briefly take a lead in the third quarter, and then 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 the wheels kind of fall off. Yeah, Casey wins by thirteen or so. I could see that. Like, is that not? I take that as a moral victory. Yeah, I know you'd be kind of blowing a little bit of a lead, but like barely, like a point. Do you, what's the line on this game? Do you know? Eight and a half for uh, Kansas. City. I like that. I would bet that all day. I I'd would probably take, take Kansas City. Yeah, I'd take them minus all yeah. day. Yeah, and it's not a team that I get worried about when it comes to a buy. Like that's a veteran team with a really good coach, and he reads like twenty six and four off a buy, including playoffs. So I mean. That's yeah. Like that's not a team that I worry about. Like, like Josh Allen and the Bills, they seem so like they have to be in rhythm. Everything has to be kind of flowing for them to 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 click on offense. Yeah. Like I think a bye would almost hurt them in some in some instances. I don't think that's the case with the Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs. I, I like the Chiefs. All right, let's go with the Giants at the Eagles. Um, this is another one where I'll go ahead and take I'll go ahead and take the favorite, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now the line we can argue about it's uh, Philadelphia getting seven and a half. I would tend to take the Giants on that. That's a lot of points, especially to try to beat a team three times. It's really, really difficult. And I'm not sure on the Eagles winning by that much. Right. Jalen Hurts never yeah. won a playoff game. Nick Sirianni has never coached a playoff win. So, I mean, and look, we could sit here and, and talk about their roster all day long, and, and they have this, they have that, they're, they're, they're better here, they're better there. But it, until I see it, I'm not 100% sure. And I'm not saying that I have faith in Dan Jones and Brian Dable either. No, I don't. Not at all. Well, But to be fair, so. they've won a playoff game before Sirianni and Hurts. I'm just saying. True. Granted, it was last week against a bad Vikings team, but I'm just saying. It's interesting. Something to look at. Yeah, and a, a declining team in the, in the Eagles, it seems. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that they're and, like hitting rock bottom by right. any means or that they're getting horrible, but they are for sure declining week to week. And like I said, if they can get if they come out healthy, I like their, their chances, but they, I haven't seen that in about three or four weeks. So. No, yeah. All right, let's go back to uh, – or let's go to the next day, Sunday, the 3 o'clock game. The Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Buffalo – Buffalo's getting five points here. That's a, that's a wow. lot of points. That's a lot of points. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals. Um, I think the Bengals, right now, I trust Joe Burrow in big spots to make the right play. Period. Point blank. I do. Um, and, I, and I like Josh Allen. I think he's a more gifted player, more gifted thrower, more gifted runner. For sure, more talented. Like, but physically making, talented. He's making mistakes that you just don't know. Like, he's got four fourth-quarter picks. He's got four third-down picks. Those are both top, like, I guess bottom. Like, bottom five and bottom six in the league, right? It's not where you want to be. They kind of, with Dable, he was kind of reined in a little bit. You're yeah. starting to see that kind of go off the rails a bit. I'm going to take the Bengals. I think you actually like the Bills. Is that right? Yeah, you, like, like, the, the you like the Bills. Being yeah. at home, I would imagine. Go ahead and, go ahead and walk me through your thought yeah, process there. You mentioned the first one. It's at home. It's in front of Bills Mafia. That's a horrible place to come into if you're Cincinnati. Yeah, it's not um, ideal. It's not ideal. I think I think this is going to be the – this is for sure the game of the week. I, I don't think anybody's going to yeah. argue that. Yeah. This is, I would say, a coin flip. I'm going to have to go with Josh Allen and the Bills, though. Just because of the explosiveness, because you don't see anything else like it in the league, except yep. for maybe Kansas City. But the flashiness of that offense, the big playability, just having Josh Allen to be able to lead your team in rushing, lead your team in passing, yep. basically Drag every, yeah, every single person on that team, put him on his back, walk him to a win. 
it's just I love Burrow and I love the Bengals. This is probably one of the this, the hardest game I've had to pick all year. I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to stick with my gut and go Bills. It's fair enough. I'm really hoping that the Bengals can run the football, which I think they might be able to, and that might turn turn it into my favor. Um, but I, it's a good point with the Bills being at home, so I you know I'm a little worried there. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the final game, 6:30 on Sunday. We have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to San Francisco. I love San Francisco here. Yeah. Um, they have two and a half days of extra rest. And let's be honest, that fourth quarter was a, a, a coast, right? That was a coast for them. Um, not that Dallas, you know, didn't win handily as well, but you know, San Fran, they they were a much better roster and a much better team than Seattle. Um, I with the extra rest, I think they have a better coach. I'm not saying they're a better quarterback, but as of right now, I know Dak had a really good game. Oh. And you take the last eight weeks, they've had better quarterback play. Yeah, They have a more consistent running game. Um, they have better weapons on the outside, at least a better depth of weapons on the outside. Their defense is significantly better. Like They're better at almost every unit. I'll take San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to go San Francisco, yeah. too. I, there's they're, they're there's getting, not much that makes me lean Dallas on this one. Yeah, they're getting three and a half at home. I feel like that's kind of low. I, I think that's low. I think I it would, should be more like five, a five and a half. A five, 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 five and, and a half. half, yeah. Um, yeah, either way, I would hammer that one, yeah. too. I would take Dallas yeah. um, and, and the points there. No, I'm taking San Francisco. I mean, yeah, yeah, San yeah, Francisco, San Francisco San and the points. Okay. That's my bad. I was like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take San Fran. Like I said, better quarterback, better pretty much every unit. So to go down, both take the Chiefs, both take the Eagles. I'll take the Bengals. You're taking the Bills. And then we'll both settle on the Niners there. Um, like I said, much better team, much better roster. So <clears throat> let's let's pivot a little bit here to kind of back to this past Saturday uh, we saw a historical collapse from the Chargers. So, so yeah. what does that mean for LA? So, so according to sources, um, the Chargers aren't gonna are, are not gonna move off Brandon Staley. Um, they fired the OC. I was Joe Joe Lombardi. Does that sound right? Um, Interesting decision. I, I'm sorry, but like when you have Justin Herbert <sighs> and you have that talent, and you've now underachieved. Two straight years. First of all, you missed the playoffs first year. And I get as a rookie coach, like, it, it's tough. But it's really not tough when you have Justin Herbert. Like, I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that hard with when you have Justin Herbert. And also, here's the thing that concerns me is that he's a defensive coach, and his defense sucks. It's really bad. And you went out and you spent big money on Khalil Mack. You spent big money on J.C. Jackson. You already have Derwin James, who you're paying a lot of money to. Uh, Joey Bosa's a stud. And none of it's panning out. None of it. None of it. None of it. <laughs> And your defense still sucks. And you're a defensive coach. Like, that's your side of the ball. Right? I know we talk about it a lot. Like, even even Brian Flores when he was in Miami, right, wasn't perfect. It was choppy. But by week six of his first year, you were like, oh, the defense is good. Don't, don't got to worry about them getting blown out by, like, 40. Right? Like, defense is going to keep them in it at least a little bit. Right? By, like, week six or seven. Staley's defense is still really bad. 27-point lead. That should be safe with a defensive coach all day long. All day long, you should be able to run the football, get a couple clever play actions here and there to keep moving the chains, and hold up and don't hemorrhage points like they did. Like you should be able to hold up a twenty-seven point lead to the defensive coach. There's no excuse for it. There's no excuse to miss the playoffs the first year. So I I hate being like, oh, go fire him, right? Do this, that, you know, make somebody lose their job. That's ridiculous, right? But you have a window to win, right? We've seen. Mahomes on his rookie deal. Jared Goff, when he was on his rookie deal, got to his Super Bowl, right? There was a stat at one point that you couldn't make more than Tom Brady and, and win a Super Bowl, right? Like, it's guys that aren't making a ton of money. And a great way with a young stud is because they're not making a ton of money, so you can build around them, put pieces in place. Because 
what happened in two years when you had to pay Justin Herbert forty-five million a year? Well, then you can't you can't afford the twenty million a year center, right? You can't afford the twenty-one uh, you know a year edge rusher, right? You just you just can't. It is what it is. And so, your time to capitalize your window is now. It's now. You have to make the most Justin Herbert, and and you're just not. You can't keep wasting years. And so. If I was the Chargers, I would finally make a big swing. They don't normally make big swings, and it bothers me. It really does. Especially when they have so much talent, and they have. They've always had one of the most talented rosters. It seems like almost every year you're like, oh, the Chargers are a team to watch. Even when they have Phillip Rivers. Right? And it never pans out to anything. Make a big swing. Pivot to offense. Because, believe it or not, that's the best job on the market. Right? You, as a, as a Chargers owner, Chargers administrator, right? Front office guy. You are the best job in the market if you were to open that job up, right? Because you have Justin Herbert, period. He's a top three talent in the game right now. Top five, bare minimum. 6'6", moves, big arm, pretty durable, tough guy. What, 4'2", something, college major? Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, you gotta capitalize. Now, you're telling me Sean Payton wouldn't be interested? I was just about to bring him up. We talked. Sean Payton would jump all over that. Great offensive head coach. So much experience. So much wealth that he could bring to that team. What he would be able to do for Justin Herbert? You think Herbert's good now? You wait until Sean Payton gets a hold of him. Could you imagine? Surround him with weapons and surround him with everything that he needs to. to A clever offensive scheme. An actual offensive identity. Maybe not going for it every time it's fourth and 15 like you're playing Madden. It'd be ideal, wouldn't it? It'd be great. I think he would fit perfectly with the team. It would be a step thing. up. I don't know if the Chargers know it, but that would be 100% the spot he would go to. I'm sorry, but like, Sean Payton, that's your that's your spot if that job were to open up. And yeah. I think he knows it. He probably knows it. Do you think he chooses? Sean, Sean's not dumb. I mean, go through the coaching vacancies already that we can see. Do you Carolina, think... Houston, absolutely not. What do you think about no, it? No, no, because Carolina is in the middle of a absolute tear down, rip the studs out, even destroy the foundation and start all over again. Indianapolis? So he's not going there. He's not going to Indy. Definitely uh, not going to Indy. certainly not go to Indy. Denver? Like, Denver, maybe, Denver. Like, maybe you could turn Ross around, but you have no draft capital and you're about to start paying Ross, what, 50-some million a year? Yeah, That's maybe ridiculous. Denver, but you're going to be in capital. You're going to be constrained the whole time. You're going to have handcuffs on. You're not going to be able to do anything. That's it right now, but like, I and wouldn't. Then the, and uh, then if the Chargers would open up, the Chargers if they open. If up. the Chargers would open up, that is, that is, it's so not even close. That's the best job on the list. It's not even a discussion. You get one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Good, a good veteran receiver, Keenan Allen, an improving ish offensive line. Really, really nice left tackle, Rashawn yeah. Slater, young yeah. guy. Corey yeah. Lindsley's the center they locked up a couple years back. He'll be there for another year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack just signed. J.C. Jackson just signed. Yeah. They're still in the prime of their career. They got the they got pieces, and they have the cornerstones, which is what you need to at least come in and, and start to left get tackle, something a little rolling. Left tackle, quarterback, edge rusher. Yep, they got those. They're there. Now go get some weapons, and you're fine. You know? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't um, agree more. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, for the show also, guys. So make sure you're going to the website, theissuesports.com. You can find the link in the description of the episode wherever you're watching or listening. So go check that out. All the merchandise. Sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Send it to a friend so they can go check out some merchandise. And, uh, There's and discounts on there. Buy some discounts. stuff, yeah. Uh, discounts for anything in the 
Josh Allen Winter Soldier Collection. Sorry. Yeah. Blank there for a second. Use code Bills Mafia for 10% off at checkout. And then for anything in the Daddy Joe Burrow Collection, you can go use the code Hooday um, for 10% off as well. And then uh, just kick this one off about a day ago, I guess. Um, the Pray for the Parlay collection is all now 15% off for the playoff sale with code NFLBETS. So go check it out. Go put your orders in. Uh, They will be shipping here in about a week and a half. So, guys, thanks for listening, and that was The Issue.